Hello, today is Friday, September 29th, 2023, and welcome to episode 255 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, NSI Senior Fellow, and I'm joined here today by NSI Executive Director and Founder, Jamil Jaffer, and another Senior Fellow at NSI, Morgan Vigna. So folks, this is our last uh, podcast before the end of the U.S. government's fiscal year on Sunday. <laughs> uh, and so in honor of that, we're going to talk about military coups. We're talk about military <laughs> coups. In, military coups in particular in Africa. There have been well, seven in less, the last. Go ahead, Jamil. To be clear, the, the former president did sort of suggest that um, the, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs should be put to death. For his well, attempt for military, treason, so. which is a related issue. Yeah, sure. I guess he was talking to someone without permission from the commander in chief. Uh, yeah, it's complicated. We could talk about that perhaps on a separate episode. We're going to talk about seven recent coups in Africa in Gabon, Niger, Burkina Faso, Chad, Mali, Sudan and Guinea. Uh, seven coups in the last two years. Uh, we've talked about this issue a little bit before. There's been two recent developments. Number one, the U.S. government is calling the coup in Gabon a coup, which means uh, that there's going to be certain restrictions on U.S. aid programs and U.S. activities in Gabon. So it really limits the ability of uh, our national security apparatus to take action there. And also, recently, in the last couple of days, we're seeing French troops being withdrawn from Niger after massive protests against their presence. This is interesting, not just because of Niger, but also because there's another four or five or 6,000 French troops on the continent in various other places, uh, a legacy of arguably French colonialism. Uh, France would like to say arguably. it has a, a new relationship with African countries, a partnership uh, that is clearly not necessarily shared on the ground in Africa. There's a lot of recent developments here. Morgan, there's a, there's a bunch of implications for U.S. policy about these uh, with respect to these coups. Uh, you kind of wonder, are we, do we have the right tools in the toolbox? Are we on the ground in places like Africa in the right way where we're building stability or are we missing opportunities? What are, what are your big picture thoughts here? Sure. Well, I think arguably the, the most important national security interest that the United States has in Africa is, is quite frankly, countering terrorism. Um, when there is a coup, the United States as you alluded to, can no longer provide security assistance or any kind of assistance, barring, I think, some humanitarian support to that government. And I mean, quite frankly, this leaves an opening for malign actors such as Russia and China, but also terrorists such as ISIS, Al-Qaeda, others, uh, to really sort of come in and, and fill that void. The United States has has for decades, and you know with this better than anyone, has has contributed a lot towards democracy promotion to, to, to development um, and quite frankly has done a little bit of nation building but guess what we're still seeing challenges and I think you know the solution here is that you know with every with every coup with every fall of a government that we see you know genuinely there there is an opportunity for the United States to be the first on the ground um, and can have a sustained US investment in democracy promotion, particularly through through that institution building, so that bad actors don't don't come in and, and fill that void. Jamil, do you see these? Uh, so, so Morgan, I think is kind of hinting that hey, these these transitions, these coups, these um, uh, this kind of chaos on the ground in Africa might be an opportunity for us. Do you agree with that? Does that and how does that mean we need to rethink some of our 
are, are kind of institutional approaches to uh, these African governments and, and others, frankly. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a great opportunity for us if we were willing to take it, which we are not. Um, you know, the Chinese have long been uh, very influential in Africa. They've been trying to assert their influence more aggressively, particularly in countries where they see significant natural resources. Um, and they've sort of taken, uh, you know, a page from the British and the French, uh, pretending to be a friendly power and then coming in and using assorted policies uh, and the like uh, to to extract minerals and other resources from Africa. Um, and the French pulling out, Morgan's exactly right. Our, our biggest concern is going to be counterterrorism, particularly in the places where the French are pulling out from, like Niger. There's a reason why I think we haven't yet called the clear coup in Niger a coup, because we don't want to uh, be forced to pull security assistance there. You know, but the fact of the matter is that at some point we're going to have to recognize that's what it is, and that's going to be a challenge because we have significant counterterrorism mission there. But the other piece of Africa um, is this Chinese influence and the resource extraction going on. Um, obviously, you know, the U.S. Uh, could be a better partner for uh, the African nations. They now see how extortative um, Chinese policy is. They're not even employing local resources. They're bringing uh, Chinese nationals in to work these efforts. Um, and uh, and so that's, I think, a real challenge for us. It's not just the counterterrorism, but the China piece as well. And yes, the French leaving is an opportunity. It's one, sadly, however, uh, that the U.S. is going to fail to take advantage of. And how do we know? It's because we just talked about it on Monday. We won't even get involved in Haiti, which is right in our backyard. You think we're going to send troops or security assistance in significant ways, in ways that will matter? Uh, to the nations of Africa, it ain't going to happen unless there's some sort of real need, and then it'll be too late. And I think that's a mistake, but, you know, here we are. You know, there, look, there's a bipartisan view that we need to pull back from the world, focus here at home, um, and uh, and that's a mistake in the long run. Morgan, you were at the Pentagon. You were at the U.S. mission to the U.N. You've seen this issue from a lot of different angles. It seems like uh, we're missing a tool in the toolbox. The Wagner Group goes in and basically provides security assistance to African governments in a way that in, in a surprising number of cases, they find more useful than the stuff we're doing. How should we be responding to the Wagner Group? I know like it gets a lot of attention because Prigozhin was, was just killed by Putin. Uh, it plays this huge role in Ukraine. But Wagner really got its legs in Africa, uh, in Central African Republic and places like that. How, what are we missing in our toolbox? Well, quite frankly, I think when you see when you see the rise of Wagner, it's because, quite frankly, they're providing a service. You no, know, it's an it's an ugly service, right? They're violating, you know, human rights left, right, and center. But at the same time, the government has has faith in Wagner because they're getting stuff done, right? They're providing a service that, quite frankly, the the UN peacekeeping mission there isn't isn't stepping up to the plate there. It's not effective. And so they're looking for alternatives and, and Wagner is more than happy to, to, to come in and play that role. You know, the United States in the previous administration, we prioritized uh, security and counterterrorism in particular in East Africa and in Somalia. Um, and we, we deprioritized a lot of uh, U.S. support and security assistance in, in the Sahel. Um, just like we need to walk and chew gum at the same time when it comes to, to global priorities dealing with both, you know, the Indo-Pacific, Middle East and others, we need to be doing the same in Africa when it comes to sort of the, the, the regional challenges that, that they face. Um, the United States clearly has uh, a lot, has a deep stake in ensuring that, you know, 
terrorism and malign actors do not thrive. Um, but unfortunately, right now we are losing that that battle. All right. I'm going to give the final word to myself. Uh, we've of these seven coups, a lot of them are taking place in, in very small countries that, frankly, in and of themselves are not super significant for U.S. national security. It's just a matter of time before it gets to a bigger country, Nigeria, South Africa, a country where there's there's tens of millions of people or more. Uh, we've already seen chaos in Ethiopia, a full fledged civil war there going on that probably cost uh, caused hundreds of thousands of deaths. So we need to, we need to get ahead of this. We need to fix this this gap in our abilities quickly, or we're going to see something really bad happen uh, on the on the African continent. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks so much to Tatum Clifton, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday, October second, for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart, fast on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard and saw, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.